the only person you're gonna scare is yourself. Charlie, what are you oh, doing? Keep the noise down. What are you doing here? Mace, just in time. There's a whole load of police here. Think they're worried you're gonna hurt yourself. Or someone else. <laughs> How many children are you friends with? Hello and welcome to Netflix, your weekly guide to what's binge-worthy on your favorite streaming service, Netflix, of course. I'm Express.co.uk's TV editor, Helen Kelly, and this week I'm joined by a panel of Netflix experts, Neela Debneth, senior TV reporter, and Molly Mitchell, TV reporter. And we're going to look ahead at the month's latest releases. So I'm sure everyone's New Year's resolution was to watch more Netflix because what else have we been doing over Christmas? So let's see what January 2020 has in store for us. So there's so much on Netflix already. Loads of amazing shows. The Witcher, You Season 2. Like I can't even begin to like list them all off really. That list is so long um so without further ado let's just start diving into what we've got coming up and I think um Molly you had quite a lot to say on this one um it's spinning out which is a skating drama um do you want to give us a little bit of an insight into that yeah so it dropped on New Year's Day so it was the first sort of big show to come out but it didn't really get that much attention at first but now everyone's talking about it um, it was a bit of a bizarre show. Um, it stars um, Skins um, star, Kea Scodelero, who played Effie in Mad Men's January Jones. It's a kind of like a mother-daughter drama, um, sports drama thriller sort of thing. And it's kind of got everything you want to love and hate about it. It's got like Moulin Rouge-inspired skating costumes um, alongside the usual storylines of like chasing your dreams and love triangles and family pressure. But it's also got quite a dark side to it. It's like mental health. Um, the main character, Kat, um, she struggles with um, bipolar disorder. And it's kind of about all the, and she suffers like this massive head injury and she has to pull out skating. She comes back and it's all about her comeback. Um, and people are going to love it as well because um, if you are a skating fan, you'll notice that the costumes are very similar to what Tessa Virtues, who's an Olympic skater, the same sort of costumes that she wears. And Canadian Olympic skater Johnny Weir even appears in the drama. Sounds cool. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of complaints from twi- like on fa- from fans on Twitter about the show, about not getting enough attention, being like, bring it back for season two. Do you think like that. that's um, kind of like Netflix's fault? Because on Netflix, when I log in, it's kind of been, they have been pushing spinning out, but I haven't really seen a lot of ads on like, you know, the side of buses that we saw for Messiah, yeah. like yeah. Witcher and Messiah and yeah. things. Um, so do you think maybe Netflix have kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit? Yeah, I think so, because I didn't even know about it. Like, I had no idea, and then it wasn't till like I started writing about it, I was like, oh, this sounds amazing. Like, it sounds like so bad that it's good, and I think that is the general like reception about it, and everyone's on Twitter being like, the more we share this show online, the more people are going to know about it, and it's not until you talk to someone, they're like, oh, that actually sounds quite good. Whereas they usually will push bigger shows like, I don't know, New and stuff. They've really pushed that, whereas this hasn't been. And I think it's such a shame because it's went under the radar. I completely agree. I think that Netflix doesn't push stuff enough. It pushes one thing like massively and then everything else falls under the radar. And we don't really have sports dramas, really. Yeah. Especially on Netflix anyway. So 
why they wouldn't push this is seems a bit odd but yeah I think fans of like Blades of Glory, Itonia and stuff it's not like those sort of films and shows it's a bit different it's kind of got the teen drama element to it but it's also very mature it's yeah I would definitely give it a watch. And out of five what would you give it if you were like awarding it five stars or something? Okay three and a half or four three and a half. Okay. Can I do that? <laughs> yeah, that's. That, I feel like that's a good, solid start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're I mean, you're going to be obsessed with it, but not. It's not riveting stuff, <laughs> but it's good. What would you compare it to? I was going to say Gossip Girl, but that's completely wrong. I don't. It's just. It's quite addictive. I don't know. It's just like. It's kind of like you that like you want to know what happens mm-hmm. next, but I think the it's like it will come back for a second season, just the way it ends. But the ending is like the most frustrating cliffhanger ever. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I will spoil it. It's just a bit like you could have ended it differently. So fans are definitely like people are screaming to know what happens, but it's not that amazing a cliffhanger. I won't, I won't spoil it, but watch it. <laughs> okay, well, kind of moving on from that sort of like teen drama, something that you just can't stop watching. Um, we're going to move on to our second recommendation for the month, which is Sex Education, and that is coming back next Friday, I believe. And this debuted last year and kind of surprised a lot of people who I feel like when you hear oh yeah there's gonna be a show about sex education you kind of cringe a little bit and it reminds you of like being at school and having those like really awkward chats with like the teachers going through what like this is gonna happen to you (laughs) soon and you're just like oh my god please stop talking um but it really kind of took the world by storm I think and it's kind of like a British comedy drama that everyone can sort of relate to in some way um so Neela can you go into a little bit of detail about what we can expect from season two what's going to happen why we're happy it's back that kind of thing well I mean like the first season I had a smile on my face the whole way through absolutely loved it loved the characters loved the Americana kind of aesthetic that people have kind of been bit divided over all of that kind of stuff I just feel it's this feel-good show and you kind of need it to kind of while away the kind of January blues um so this time obviously the whole gang is back so we can expect more kind of comedy and hard-hitting drama but this time around there's a new French student in town who's been catching basically everybody's eye um so he's um the character's called Raheem and he's played by Sami Utabali and um it looks like he's going to have something going on with Eric So I'm really looking forward to that. And also there's the whole kind of continuing love triangle with Otis, Maeve and Ola that's going to be playing out. So I'm looking forward to kind of seeing all of that. And I think um, it's quite good to see that Eric is going to have a sort of a relationship because I don't Mm -hmm. feel, I feel like he was kind of annoying, very annoyingly actually, um, kind of just cast as um, Otis's like, friend sidekick yeah his sidekick and we didn't really get to see as much of him as I really thought we should have um because he represents so many people and I just feel like he was kind of pushed to the side and we did get to see a little bit about more about his character as the series went on but I didn't want to see him just in like oh yeah I'm the best friend like sidekick guy Mm -hmm. I do want to see him like explore his relationship see how being in high school is for his character in more detail like we had that um scene where he was at the bus station and he got beat up last season and that was so horrible to watch but I think it raises so much awareness so I think it will be good to see him kind of build a relationship with 
the new French student who I'm also very excited to see. (laughs) I think it will kind of feed more into that. And I think we're going to just, we're going to build upon this world that we were introduced to last time. Um, Definitely with Eric, he definitely deserves this. And it's also, he's obviously got something still going on with kind of Adam as well, who's been sent off the military school. So I'm very excited. And also Gillian Anderson's back and absolutely love her. And yeah, we're going to see her at the beginning of the year and probably at the start, at the end of the year when she's in The Crown season four as Margaret Thatcher. But I mean, that's for another podcast, but there we go. But I think like Gillian Anderson, kind of in the same way, um, her character in the same way as Eric just hasn't really had as much of an input as I wanted her to. She was kind of involved mm-hmm. and obviously she kind of had that embarrassing mom like I mean if your mum's a sex therapist it might get definitely get a bit embarrassing um I don't feel like I'd want to walk into my house and hear my mum telling a couple how to have better sex it's just not something I want to hear I do know someone whose mum is a sex therapist and how did they find it it was pretty much what was depicted in in the show yeah but I feel like that's just like such a good that the mother and son relationship could be explored a bit more obviously she had the um it was it the plumber who came around and they began an affair and there's just so much like I don't feel like having her as mostly like the main adult of the show we yeah. didn't get to see her as much it was just like oh here's the kids and then oh there's Otis's embarrassing sex mum sex therapist <laughs> mum even um but yeah I mean well we've got a trailer for season two which recently dropped and that kind of it hints at that but we're gonna see more because obviously the guy that um his mum is sleeping with is also the father to Otis's girlfriend so that's going to make for an interesting kind of conflict and dynamic imagine they all move in together that would be it I think that's probably going to happen do you think well the trailer seems to hint that way that it's kind of going that way and um so basically his girlfriend's going to become his stepsister by the looks of things oh it's like a soap story (laughs) but yeah that that one's coming out on the 17th of January so not long to go now exciting and another um show which is returning well kind of half returning is Riverdale season four so we've already had the first half of this season but um the mid-season premiere is gonna be on January 23rd now Riverdale based onto Netflix and the CW um quite a few years ago and really took the streaming world by storm it was so popular the first season um we are looking into like what happened to Cheryl's brother what happened to him like how did he die who was the murderer and I found that quite gripping there was like different storylines you had the romance thing Mm. but as the seasons have kind of gone on I found that interest in the series kind of has dipped when I've kind of looked at what people are looking to see what's when people are searching like Riverdale spoilers I just feel like they aren't searching as much as they used to or maybe aren't as invested in the characters so I just want to know both of your thoughts on do you think um Riverdale has been renewed and um, it got announced this week but do you think maybe it should be starting to come like down a bit like kind of getting to so. the end <laughs> yeah you hope so I really don't like it <laughs> I just I like I watched the first season and I like trashy teen drama again I'm like a guilty guilty pleasure for that but then I just couldn't get on board season two and I've kind of given up since and I just I don't know much surely it's near its end point by now yeah I agree I kind of agree but I think they're clearly they clearly think there's still a market for that yeah well I mean yeah there must be a a huge audience out there otherwise they wouldn't have renewed it Mm -hmm. but with 
kind of suggesting like maybe it should come to an end and things like are you guys keeping up to date with it um obviously the kids in it not really kids teens um Archie Veronica Betty they're kind of getting to their end of the school years now and there's been talk that we'll see them progress but do we want to see them going to university do we want to see them like settling down and having a family it's kind of a bit like do they go with what Gossip Girl did and then you follow them all the way to the end um to when they're all getting married or do we just kind of like leave it and then get a new set of characters in and see how their lives and just have like maybe an appearance here and there from Archie or um Betty coming back and things like that what what do you think how do you think the show could improve or I think it's just it's got too many strands going on there's just too much going on too many twists one minute it's jingle jangle the next minute it's like fizzle rocks we don't know what's going on too many drugs too many drugs basically um I think they need to wrap it up but do it in a good way this first season was very tight I've not been keeping up to be honest with you as much with season four as I have had been with kind of season three so I think there's definitely been a dip and I know they're trying to keep this interest going with the um who shot sorry who killed Jughead storyline um so that will be interesting to see how they resolve it but I mean I think it's going to get a bit I don't think it can ever be as good as you've got all these kind of high school tropes. Once they go off to college, they can't all go to the same college. They've got to go to different places. And the showrunners already kind of said that it would be disingenuous to kind of make them all go to like Riverdale College instead of someone going off to a community college, someone going off to college, like a proper kind of... Um, like an Ivy League. Exactly. Because they just wouldn't. They're yeah. all at different stages. So, And Molly, what do you think the show would have to do to kind of rope you back into watching it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. I'm completely lost in it, to be honest. I've not really watched it since start of season two. And I obviously know there's this, like, Jughead's dead or something, or, yeah, the shooting thing. And then Archie, I think's in prison. And I'm just a bit, like, I just need to bring it all, like, Gossip Girl sort of style, bring it all together. Oh, Molly, you need to catch up because Archie ain't no, in prison anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think not. No. See, that's how far behind I am. Yeah, but then, like, see gossip girl like i hated ending gossip girl but i think maybe like it could end with like a time jump tie it all up and then if they do do like a spin-off or there's like i know there's riverdale crossovers they can like pop up somewhere else there's that spin-off kathy keen or whatever it's called so they could like appear in that sort of thing i think there's ways for it to go but i just as a non-riverdale fan i think the time is up and they should just end it nicely when it's on a high you don't want it to end when it's badly and then it's got like this tarnished, if you know what I mean? Okay, interesting. Oh, yeah. So moving from Riverdale to another Dale in the US, Greendale, where the chilling adventures of Sabrina is returning. Now, as everyone's kind of like love for Riverdale on this podcast is kind of waning <laughs> um my love for Sabrina is actually growing season by season oh really yeah so I really I kind of enjoyed season one as you know something you can just pop on in the background and watch it and I was like okay this has got my attention interesting and then season two came out and I was I actually thought season two was better just because Sabrina got a bit like more darker and a bit more like you kind of saw her more connecting with the devil and I was just like thank god there are more layers to this girl than 
oh, I'm so good and I just want to save the world and everyone be happy. And I just, it just makes it a bit more human, I think, having her a bit tempted by the devil and the kind of more darker sides of the series. So I'm excited to see where they go with it next. So what... So in terms of like a recap, she went to hell, didn't she? Or she's going to go to hell to save Nick Scratch. So that's going to be what's explored in kind of season three or part three, as they're calling it. Um, I'm interested to see what will happen next. I mean, I do enjoy the series. I didn't finish season two. I need to go back and complete it. I mean, there's too much on Netflix, but I need to kind of finish. So you think it's definitely worth sticking with? I really enjoyed it. And I think I can probably sit down and watch it all in a weekend um, because it's just one of those things that I think is so easy and I don't really have any huge problems with it it's yeah it's just I think what I think in the way that Riverdale has kind of lost my interest Sabrina's kind of like gauged my interest a bit more because the whole going to hell to save Nick even though he massively betrayed her ladies you deserve so much better but um (laughs) I just think it's kind of each season set up for the next one. It's not come to this like nice little conclusion and then like, oh, next time this is what's going to happen. So I do really think Serena has got potential. Maybe more focus and attention has been paid to Sabrina than Riverdale. But I think it's definitely one that people are going to be wanting to watch. Is season three the last or part three the last or some more? I'm not sure. I don't, I'm think, not sure, yeah. I don't think there's been a season four confirmed or part four. But um, I think maybe just if they focus on like three or four series maybe that's just a nice way to do it just wrap it up in four series you don't need to keep extending things also it's not as long as Riverdale because season one of Riverdale was 13 and then after that they went to 22 so there's a hell of a lot more Riverdale generally than there is Sabrina so they can make it a lot crisper in terms of the story but I mean what do you think of Sabrina Molly you know I don't like fantasy sort of stuff (laughs) I just not my kind of thing i understand the appeal of it and i think it's good that they brought such a like iconic like character Mm -hmm. into like the modern sort of day not modern day you know what i mean like present day um but yeah and i kind of knew the storyline of season one but didn't get on board with season two but i i'm not i'm not against Mm. it i understand why people love it and it's got a lot of attention from netflix again with like the billboards and the buses and stuff so i get there's a huge there's a huge following behind it Maybe I will watch season three. I'm not I'm not against it, but I'm not backing it. <laughs> you might enjoy it from the kind of trashy teen tropey angle. Don't call it trashy. Okay, sorry, I take that back. <laughs> it sounds very Lucifer of like going to hell and stuff, so maybe I can get on board. <laughs> I think they need a Lucifer crossover, clearly. Yeah. Very yeah. much so. Um and I think as well, just one request for season three, please give Lucy Davis as Aunt Hilda some more lines. Like I want more storylines. I love her. She's amazing. She's like the best character. Thank you. That's my request to the showrunners. So what's next then? So next up, um, I know Molly, you are very keen to go into some detail on this because there's a lot of lot of documentaries on Netflix at the minute. And probably the one that um everyone is talking about is don't I don't know if I can say this word on the podcast with cats. Um, I watched it and it is madness, complete madness. I have so many questions. I just tell us all about don't mess with the cats. Well, I can't really spoil it, but basically it's about this guy who has killed animals and these like vigilante sort of 
people from the internet, people from like casinos, like random walks of life, um, basically all kind of come together. I think there's two groups, and they basically track him down and find out like a much darker secret. He flees to Paris. It's a whole thing, and basically there's a lot more to it than what it sounds like. He's not just a animal killer. Um, but yeah, what did you think of it? It is one of the wildest documentaries I have ever <laughs> yeah. watched. Yeah, totally. Like. I got so into it in the first one. I was like, oh my God, who is this person? I need to find them. Like imagine spending hours of your life, like coming home from work and just searching for this cat killer. And then as the episodes go on, when you got to episode two, you were just like, oh my God, I was not expecting this. It just goes to the extreme. And like you said, the more you find out, the more my mind was blown. I just can't believe that this was happening really. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend it. And then get on Reddit, Twitter, lots of theories to discuss. Um, moving on to another documentary. Um, what else have you been watching? Would you recommend for this um, so, month? Yeah, so uh, Don't Mess With Cats is like came out at the end of December. So that's like really popular now. Um, coming out next week, I think it's January, Wednesday 15th, is Killer Inside the Mine of Aaron Hernandez, um, which I'm so excited about. It's about, like, this NFL player who played for, I think, three years professionally for, like, New England Patriots, really big team. Um, He was then sentenced to life in prison for killing his friend, Odin Lloyd. And then, without, well, I can't really not spoil it, but basically he took his own life in prison. But then afterwards, you find out that he suffered from a brain disorder, which basically his legal team now argue that could have affected his actions and is a contributing factor to his, like, criminal behaviour. And then the documentary widely looks into like his past and his relationships, his family, his upbringing, and how his like violent behaviour affected everybody else. So basically, the big question it asks is: Was he born that way? Was he responsible, actually, like mentally responsible for killing um, Odin, or was there like darker forces like at play? Kind of was he was he insane? Was he sane at the time? That sounds really really interesting. And what else have we got coming up? Or um do you think we should all be watching anything as messed up as well, don't mess with cats nothing as messed up as don't but don't with cats um but there's something for kind of everyone there's a new cheer documentary series which came out yesterday about cheerleaders competing in the national championship again another sports thing from sports show from netflix which i think is quite new to the streaming service there's another thing another documentary called Pan- pandemic how to prevent an outbreak of so I can't speak, how to prevent an outbreak, all about influenza and disease, if you like that sort of stuff. That's coming out on Wednesday, 22nd of January. Then there is for historians, um, Rise of Empires, about the Ottoman Empire, which is so interesting. Sounds very dull, but all about how basically the Ottoman Empire expanded. And that's out on January, Friday the 24th. And then something for David Attenborough fans, but sadly it's not David Attenborough, but it's called Night on Earth. And it's a, basically a new nature series um, and that's out on the 29th of January. And that's it. Okay, so you've kind of heard everything that we think is coming up in January. But if you've got any other suggestions, please tweet us, um, get in touch, let us know what you're watching, kind of like spinning out. If we've missed anything, definitely let us know. But next week, we will be going into further detail about sex education. So thank you, Molly. Thank you, Neela, for joining me and going through this very quick podcast on what to watch.